Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship today. Special welcome to friends, guests, and visitors we have with us. We're so glad that you're here. And special welcome to those who are joining us online and on the phone as well. Just a few uh, announcements before we begin. Um, first of all, uh, on Tuesday of this week is our next blood drive. We still have a few open spots if anyone here is interested in donating. Or if you yourself can't or, or aren't available at that time, uh, help us spread the word and fill those remaining spots. Um, just like last time, we've ha- we have some great uh, partnerships with local businesses. And so for anyone who donates blood, you can get a free beer at One Barrel Brewing across the street or a free scoop of ice cream at a chocolate shop on Atwood, or you can go next door to Rotunda Cafe and get a free coffee drink. So uh, there's a lot of incentives if you show up. Uh, You can walk away with with a beer, ice cream, or coffee, or all three. So uh, sign up if you can and help us spread the word. Do you want to draw your attention since uh, this uh, is something that comes up every year in the summer, but uh, for those of you who have um, connection to those who are going to school, uh, we have a scholarship here at Trinity um, for those who are pursuing a degree in ministry, medical, or nursing professions. So please help us spread the word about that as well. I also want to highlight, since this is coming up next weekend, uh, that Oliver Oldham, who was a a longtime member here, at one time sacristan. His service is coming up next Saturday at Oakwood Village at 1.30 on May 28th, so please take note of that. Also coming up soon is a, a study called Saving Jesus with John Fabie, and there's some uh, information in your bulletin about that. Please take a look at that adult education opportunity and talk to John or, or uh, to Paul or myself if you have questions about that. And then, uh, finally, I asked uh, Dina to put in something about um, Mitri Raheb coming to town. You might not know that name, um, but he is a Palestinian Lutheran pastor um, who has written several books, um, and it's kind of a unique opportunity that he's coming to Madison. Um, He's one of those people who uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he, like, wins a Nobel Peace Prize or something someday. He's so active and has done so much in his life. Um, he's won a, several other awards for his work for peace in, in, uh, in the Holy Land. So um, if you're available, I uh, just wanted to highlight that he's coming to town on June 3rd, and there's an opportunity to hear him speak. Are there any other announcements that we should make today before we begin? If not, we'll begin our service with our prelude music. Time to center ourselves for worship.
please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. Alleluia! Christ is risen. In the waters of baptism, we have passed over from death to life with Jesus Christ. And we are a new creation. For this saving mystery and for this water, let us bless God, who was, who is, and who is to come. We thank you, God, for your river of life, flowing freely from your throne, through the earth, through the city, through every living thing. You rescued Noah and his family from the flood. You opened wide the sea for the Israelites. Now in these waters you flood us with mercy, and our sin is drowned forever. You open the gate of righteousness, and we pass safely through. In Jesus Christ, you calm and trouble the waters. You nourish us and enclose us in safety. You call us forth and send us out. In lush and barren places, you are with us. You have become our salvation. Now breathe upon this water and awaken your church once more. Claim us again as your beloved and holy people. Quench our thirst, cleanse our hearts, wipe away every tear. To you, our beginning and our end, our shepherd and lamb, be honor, glory, praise, and thanksgiving, now and forever. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You may have noticed in recent weeks that our prayers of the day have been uh, a little bit different from usual. We've been making use of a new resource called Expansive Prayers for Prayers of the Day, uh, meant to expand some of the language we use for God to expand our understanding. And so uh, you might notice that today begins with a call and response. Let us pray. Lord, give us vision to inspire us, love to guide us, and strength to lead us. Lord, give us vision to inspire us, love to guide us, and strength to lead us. O most blessed God, so often we glimpse the future you have for us, can smell the richness of a land flowing with milk and honey, 
feel gentle breezes to make us smile and heal us of every ill. And yet we live in a world divided by every pain and every folly and must live through this pain and folly as best we can. Lord, keep our longing free of illusion and bitterness. Strengthen our love so that we stay true to the paths on which you've called us and give strength to each step we take on our way to you. You who showed us their greatest love on a cross. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, Today we are marking the end of our 225 days um, of lament and um, remembrance uh, of the children who died in U.S. uh, boarding schools and Canadian residential schools. And we've had this uh, orange banner up here um, since last fall, last September sometime. And, uh, and so we wanted to mark today with a prayer uh, and a little bit of uh, storytelling. So in 2021, the American Indian Alaska Native Lutheran Association asked their Christian siblings, meaning us, to join them in lament and prayer to honor all First Nation and Native children who died in boarding and residential schools. They asked us to hang an orange banner for 225 days in solidarity and as a visual reminder of this history. Today, we mark the end of the 225 days here at Trinity, but we pray God will continue to transform our hearts and keep before us the work of solidarity, justice, and reconciliation. This time, I invite Dina Hipke to come forward. Uh, Dina and Catherine and Ann Spildy uh, and several others were very active in, in this project, and I asked Dina if she would share a little bit about her experience. Good morning. Good morning. When we first heard about this project, we decided, yes, we definitely want to do that. But we also thought that it would be a really good learning experience if we did more than just put up an orange banner. We wanted to put a human face on it by adding images and words of the real people who experienced the trauma of having their culture and personhood erased. So we came up with an interactive project, thanks to Anne Spildy and her creative ways with altar uh, decorations and banners and cloth. Um, We came up with this banner. The feathers, of course, are um, symbolic to Native American people. We have about 225 of them on there, and it's grown throughout the year to represent those children. And the doves that have just been added recently are to symbolize the hope of reconciliation because the doves we think of as flying and moving, we can also think of them as still, it's something that is still happening. And as we learned recently by our first uh, Department of Interior report has come out about the US schools, this all started with something that happened in Canada um, and we wanted to bring it closer to home. And now we've got a report 
the first report telling about what has happened in the United States with these schools. So we'll continue to follow this, some of us, I think, because it has become close to our hearts. As our project uh, continued, we put a display outside to, to explain what it is and why it happened. Um, and then we expanded into the display case um, showing pictures of real schools, real children, and some of the words of people who actually experienced this. For me, it was a very, very moving experience, um, and I learned so much. If you're like me, you may have grown up playing cowboys and Indians. The Indians, of course, were always the bad guys. Some of your uh, understanding of American history and uh, our colonization of this country came from John Wayne movies, where the Indians were always the bad guys. For myself, I thought I had a pretty good education. In fourth grade we, in Wisconsin, the curriculum specifies uh, Wisconsin history. My teacher taught us about all the Indian tribes that um, lived in Wisconsin. And, and we studied that. However, I still grew up thinking of Native peoples as being kind of a historical relic. Um, until I was older and, of course, knew that that wasn't true, but it just goes to show you how this project of trying to force assimilation of Native peoples into our European settlement culture worked. And now we want to give those people a voice and an opportunity to take back their culture. So if you haven't looked at some of the materials we've put out or read the words in the display case, I hope you will before it goes away. And uh, pay attention to what's happening with the reports that are coming out about what happened in the schools in the United States. This didn't just happen in Canada. There was a school in, in Pennsylvania that actually was the model for all of these institutions and the way they treated people. Um, and our Secretary of the Interior, who is a Native woman, I think, um, will make sure this story gets told as it should. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Gina. I think part of this for me, too, is that so many of these schools were Christian schools, so-called Christian schools. They bore the name of Christ. So this is a stain on our witness, and we're called to the Ministry of Reconciliation. Let us pray. And this is a prayer written by Kelly Sherman Conroy, an indigenous theologian. Hear within our breath the grief we carry for all the sacred children who lost their lives or survived the abuse at the hands of those who brought suffering unto children in the name of God. We weep in sorrow and we lament for our participation in a system that allowed these deaths to happen. We humbly ask for forgiveness in the complicity we maintained. 
O Holy Spirit, who we know is found in all creation during times of indescribable pain, when silence is in place of words we cannot speak, when our cries drown out the world around us because our pain is too much for the trauma and hurt that many families have been left feeling, absent of the life, love, and laughter these sacred children represent, the emotions felt within the communities who lost their sacred children, anger, guilt, confusion, fear, hear their suffering, care for the hearts and minds of survivors and relatives as the trauma is forced to surface again, flooding their hearts with memories of their own trauma and suffering. As the world around us sits in denial of this painful history, bring us back into the truth of this history. Where injustice lies, move us to act. Let us sit silent no longer. Hear our prayer, God of all creation, in the name of your Son, the Reconciler of all that is. Amen. The first reading is from Acts chapter 16. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us, and she was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart, to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
The second reading is from Revelation chapter 21. And in the spirit, one of the angels carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. The gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found here anymore. But the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their forehead. And there will be no more night, for they need no light of lamp or sun. For the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Word of God, word of life. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 14th chapter. Jesus answered Judas, not Iscariot, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated.
Peace be with you, friends. Thank you. <laughs> we talk a lot about peace around here, don't we? Grace and peace, go in peace, peace be with you. For example, in a moment when we share the peace, which we do every week, uh, I will say, the peace of the Lord be with you always, and you will say, and also with you. Yeah. And then we'll go from person to person, shaking hands or waving or hugging or making a peace sign. But this exchange is more than just a nice greeting or a chance to stretch our legs after sitting through the sermon. <laughs> In a way, sharing the peace begins our journey to the communion table. Maybe you'll remember that in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught his disciples that they should pause before coming to the altar of the Lord if they haven't made peace with their siblings first. Jesus said in Matthew, So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. So when we share the peace each week, in, way, in a way we are making a ritual of this reconciliation before our offering and our sharing in communion, before we come before the altar of the Lord. So when we share the peace, it's nice to see our friends, but the real challenge of sharing the peace is to find the person, someone who you might have some beef with, some grudge, some ill feeling. Go to them and exchange the peace. Let's be at peace with one another. As if to say, let's wish each other Christ's wellness before we go to the altar of the Lord. Jesus talks a lot about peace as well. According to John's Gospel, when Jesus first rises from the dead and appears to his disciples, his first words to them are, peace be with you. In John chapter 20, his disciples are all hiding in a locked room on Easter Sunday. And Jesus appears before them, even though the doors are locked, and says, Peace be with you. And then again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And then he breathes on them, recalling the breath of God, the wind of creation, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he had promised them. Peace and the presence of the Spirit often go hand in hand. We'll see that in today's text. So in our reading for today, Jesus also speaks of peace. Except now we are going backwards in the story. Rather than being after Easter, we are before it. This text takes place again on the Thursday before Jesus' death. This is the night where Jesus would betray him, where Peter would deny him where he would be arrested and taken to his trial, taken to his death. It might seem odd that on that Thursday, Jesus would be spending so much time talking about peace and love and the coming of the Holy Spirit. It seems like an odd time to talk about peace when there's so much disruption and confusion and worry in the room. His disciples are confused and anxious. The story is filled with worried questions. First, Peter asks, Lord, where are you going? Then Thomas, a little later, 
Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Then a little later, a worried Philip asks, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And then Judas, and the text makes clear that this is a different Judas, not Iscariot, asks, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? It's Judas's question that prompts Jesus' response in today's text. This is not a peaceful night. This is not a calm night. This is a troubled night. The disciples know that Jesus is going to leave them, and they know that it is ominous, that things are building, that Jesus will soon be arrested. They know everything that they had planned on is about to fall apart. And so it's into this context that Jesus says, Peace. It wasn't on a calm day out on the Sea of Galilee. It was here on a troubled night. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, Jesus says. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. If these words were to come from anyone besides Jesus, they would sound out of touch with reality. If we didn't know the end of the story, if we were in that room before Easter and we assumed that everything would end with Christ's torture and death, these words would sound like pie-in-the-sky niceties. It reminds me of something the prophet Jeremiah said in his time. He criticized false prophets who said, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. He said that those prophets were treating the wounds of the people carelessly. And maybe our talk of peace, even though we'll say it over and over and over and over again today, sounds a bit hollow as well. How can we talk about peace when 10 people were killed in a grocery store in Buffalo? How can we talk about peace after a gunman walked in to a Presbyterian church in California last weekend? And it would feel pretty callous, out of touch with reality, to say, peace be with you to a Ukrainian, and think that that settles it. That's what Jeremiah means by treating the wounds of people carelessly, by saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. I imagine that each one of you carries something unsettling, troubling with you this morning, whether it's a crisis or worry a broken relationship. Maybe you're like those disciples that night, wondering how can we have peace at a time like this? How can Jesus say, do not let your hearts be troubled when things are so troubling? But I think we can all agree that we long for that peace, no matter who we are. We want, to se- we want a sense that everything is going to be all right, We want to feel secure and safe. We want to lay down for sleep at night with a sense of calm. We want to be able to go to the grocery store or to church or to school without worrying about gun violence. We want peace in our relationships. We want a world free from war. We want this peace you promised Jesus. We need it. In these weeks after Easter, and remember the Easter season lasts for seven Sundays, 
I think we are grappling with the same reality that those first disciples had to deal with. Jesus is risen, but Jesus is no longer with us as he once was. But neither is he completely absent. Jesus is leaving, and he is yet to come. In our text, he says, in a kind of strange way, he says, I'm leaving you, but I'm also coming to you. It's kind of confusing. It's true the resurrection changes everything, but the fullness of God's dream has yet to arrive. Just look at the world. We live in this in-between time that as the old age passes away, the age of sin and death and suffering, we are still living with that while the birth pangs of the new world are starting to come. The old age is passing away and the new age is not quite here yet and we're living in between Easter, between Jesus' I am leaving you and I am coming to you, before the fullness of God's dream. And so we must remember that it's not just anyone who's speaking peace to us today. It is Jesus. It is Jesus who promises peace. We've heard empty promises before, but these are words of one who has come to make his home among us. These are the words of the risen Lord. These are the one, words of one who has started the new creation, the firstborn of a new creation. This is the one who will bring healing to the nations, as the Revelation text reminds us. On that final night, Jesus told his disciples that in the midst of their worries, that while he must depart, he will not leave them orphaned, in his words. But he will send them another advocate, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, to be with them forever. And it is this same advocate that we believe gathers us here this morning that makes Christ present to us now. It is this advocate who reminds us of the words of Jesus. It is this advocate who reveals the presence of Jesus to us at the table and in Christian community. The peace Jesus speaks of here is not the kind the world can give, which is often temporary and superficial. The peace Jesus speaks of here can only come from God. And peace in the biblical sense means so much more than just the absence of conflict. It means shalom, it means wholeness, it means healing. It means the presence of something, the presence of God's wholeness, of God's peace. This peace accompanies the gift of the Spirit, which is why when Jesus says, peace be with you, he breathes the gift of the Spirit on his disciples as they are sent out in mission. So what does this mean for us? If you came to church today with a troubled heart, know this, there is an advocate for you. We may not always recognize or feel it, but God continues to make God's home among us. We are never alone in this because the advocate is with us forever, Jesus says. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us, walks alongside us in our pilgrimage to show us Jesus, to remind us of the dream that is coming, to remind us of the teaching, and to make Jesus present to us as we wait for the dawn of a new creation. That is the peace that Christ gives. It's not the peace that the world can give. 
And it's the peace that we share in his name. And so if you carry a heavy burden today, peace be with you. If you can't sleep at night, peace be with you. If you miss a loved one, peace be with you. If you're worried about the future, peace be with you. If you're angry with a family member, peace be with you. If you read the news and think the world is going to hell in a handbasket, peace be with you. If you're worried about your faith, peace be with you. If you feel you've done something you can't undo, peace be with you. If you're not sure you can rely on any of this, peace be with you. And when we say go in peace at the font today, take that peace with you. Because in our world with its pain and tears and conflict, we need the peace that only God can give. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
Set free from captivity to sin and death, we pray for the God of resurrection, for the church, people in need, and all of creation. God of new life, open your church to the unexpected ways your spirit is at work. Guide bishops, pastors, deacons, and lay leaders in their visioning, partnership, and planning. Surround us with your peace. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Give a vision of increase and abundant harvest for farmers, laborers, and gardeners who are beginning their growing season. Join their efforts with the goodness of creation to feed all living things. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Shine your light of wisdom and peace among nations. When those in power seek to assert dominance over others, confound their ways and make them yield to your humble authority. We pray especially for victims of the Topps grocery store shooting in Buffalo, New York, and for their loved ones, and for the victims of Irvine, Irvine Taiwanese Presbyterian Church shooting in Laguna Woods, California, and for their loved ones. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Give, a, give safe haven to those who seek healing, liberation, or peace. Create places filled with hospitality where hurting people find your loving presence and wholeness, especially our friends Jackie, Mary, Randy, Leticia, Denia, Rick, and Lynn. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Uphold the work of ministries and organizations in our communities who assist people experiencing homelessness, citizens returning from prison, and all marginalized people, especially Lutheran Social Services, Just Dane, Madison Area Jail Ministry, and Porchlight. Accomplish your wills through their efforts. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Assemble your people at rivers, streams, and fonts, where we remember our baptism and welcome others into the communion of saints. Gather us with those who have died when we meet together at your river of life. God, in your mercy. We lift up special prayers today for Harley and Phil and Karen. God, in your mercy. In your mercy, O God, respond to these prayers and renew us by your life-giving spirit through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Take a moment to share a sign of peace.
Please stand as you are able. Let us pray. Living God, you gather the wolf and the lamb to feed together in your peaceable reign. You welcome us all at your table. Reach out to us through this meal and show us your wounded and risen body, that we may be nourished and believe in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, the true Paschal Lamb who gave himself to take away our sin who in dying has destroyed death and in rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim. We praise your name and join their unending Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, you we praise and glorify, you we worship and adore. You formed the earth from chaos, you encircled the globe with air, you created fire for warmth and light, you nourished the lands with water, you molded us in your image, and with mercy higher than the mountains, with grace deeper than the seas. You bless the Israelites and cherish them as your own. That also we, estranged and dying, might be adopted to live in your spirit. You called to us through the life and death of Jesus. Remember on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, 
He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. It's my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Together, as the body of Christ, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your Son, the firstborn of your new creation. We remember his life lived for others and his death and resurrection, which renews the face of the earth. We await his coming when with the world made perfect through your wisdom, all our sins and sorrows will be no more. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy God, holy and merciful one, holy and compassionate, send upon us and this your meal, your Holy Spirit, whose breath revives us for life, whose fire rouses us to love. Enfold in your arms all who share this holy food. Nurture in us the fruits of the Spirit, that we may be a living tree, sharing your bounty with all the world. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy and benevolent God, receive our praise and petitions as Jesus received the cry of the needy. And fill us with your blessing until needy no longer and bound to you in love, we feast forever in the triumph of the Lamb, through whom all glory and honor is yours, O God, O living one, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. To communion today, you will go to the side aisles, and you'll come forward, where at the front there are these two side tables. And at those tables, you will pick up an empty cup, which you'll bring with you to the railing. At the railing, you'll receive wine and bread. If you desire grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just grab those and bring them with you to the railing. After you've received communion at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in this bowl by the center aisle. To friends, guests, and visitors who are with us today, we want you to know that you are welcome to commune with us because this is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table. And it is Christ himself who invites you. The risen Christ dwells with us here. All who are hungry, all who are thirsty, come.
Please stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. We give you thanks, generous God, for in this bread and cup we have tasted the new heaven and earth where hunger and thirst are no more. Send us from this table as witnesses to the resurrection that through our lives all may know life in Jesus' name.
God, the author of life, Christ, the living cornerstone, and the life-giving spirit of adoption, bless you now and forever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Go in peace. Tell, God, tell what God has done.